0: Hey, you mind if I move moving a little closer? Or you don't mind if I'm a little bit of close talker? So it's, it's okay. I don't mean by you. you can do creepers just walking down the streets. You gotta watch out for creepers. Oh, oh, okay, Rocky. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. You're always welcome. You're uh, always welcome in this neighborhood. Uh, I said so. Uh, oh, okay. I, I I live here. Um, I've lived here my you're entire right? life. I'm a little girl. Please don't do this to me. <laughs> hey, you a little girl too? Up? Oh, uh, are you also a little girl, Rocky? <laughs> no, no, no. I just I just I just like to be agreeable. Uh oh. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go in my house now. I think Rocky is just constantly smashed on malt liquor. (laughs) I mean, it is Philadelphia. Right. It it must be the drink of choice for the Streets of Philadelphia, as made famous by the Bruce Springsteen song. (laughs) Which Bruce Springsteen song? Streets of Philadelphia. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's about AIDS. But there's like a jump, you know, between drinking malt liquor and having AIDS. I'm on one already, and it's not AIDS. (laughs) Um... I think you have confused the film Philadelphia with the song streets of Philadelphia. (laughs) I don't know, man. Uh, just kind of drink the malt liquor. Okay. And things come out. Um, what, you know what? You keep that to yourself. That's, that's personal. (laughs) Uh, I'll let, I'll let you, um, I'll let you have your privacy, your American privacy there. Ladies and gentlemen, live from coast to coast, we proudly present For Your In with Zach and John. <music> <music> Da, 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 da. and whatever the fuck the beginning of this movie starts with it's not actually gonna fly now it just starts with like the first couple of notes of gonna fly now and it pisses me off every time because it's like why would you not just use the song like you had it's, the song and then you fucked it up it's gonna fly now inspired yeah but it's it's the same thing it's it's using part of the theme it would be like if star wars started with ba 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 da da, da and i just went da 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 Or something. I don't fucking know. Like just, like just (laughs) imagine, (laughs) imagine using the first four notes of the Star Wars theme and then just going into like. I don't know a fucking Bruce Springsteen song. Like I don't know. Like uh, like it's that, all that very would, would 70s. The fuck off. Yeah, it's all very seventies. Uh, even early eighties. Uh, it's very operatic as well to reference the theme over and over again. So I, I see where they're going with that. Uh, with those movies, maybe like Star Wars. You know, it's very operatic in a sense. Uh, I don't know about this one. Can you consider Rocky to be operatic in any sense? Um. Well, I mean, I guess in a way of like it has. It's it's like a hero arc. It's like a um uh eight. It's like the greeks like the greek theater uh, i can't remember what it's fucking called right now but like the greek like the greek theater character tropes it's definitely a hero's right. journey even though I he's see where a from fucking loser <laughs> i mean aren't we all though uh who who did that song i'm a loser baby so why don't you kill me what, what's that song called uh it is loser by beck okay i always get that song confused with that butthole surfer's song pepper pepper the what? fuck is pepper That's uh, the only you pepper. You brought (laughs) her pepper. The song by the Butthole Surfers, like, "Um, I don't mind the sun. Sometimes the images it shows. Is that the one you're talking about? That is the one I'm talking about. I guess they're very similar. You could do like a cool mashup. Oh god, someone's got to have done that, right? Someone has probably done it. Anyway, welcome to For Your Information with Zach and John. I'm Zach. And I'm Adrian! And Adrian! He's, and he's John, don't mind him. Yeah. <laughs> it's past his bedtime. <laughs> anyway, if you haven't guessed this week, we're going to be talking about Rocky from 1976. Love this movie. I thought it was really good. You you thought it was really good, John? Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and get that out of the way really quick. I think this is a really cool movie. I like it. It's got its flaws, but it's very organic. It's it's really good. Uh, as far as Sylvester Stallone performances go, I think this lives up to a lot of the hype. It lives up to a lot of the hype. It's, it's definitely one of my favorite Stallone performances. I mean, like, you know, when you have this and uh rambo and uh the expendables to choose from this this is a pretty good one to go with yeah i think so too um a lot of boxing but i'm not really sure if it's like a boxing movie or if it's a movie about boxing there's only like two actual matches in the movie yeah it's um it's definitely about the uh, the lead up to the sport like it, although this is called like uh the best sports movie of all time I see that in the sense that it encompasses so much of the training and so much of the life of the athlete and what that has to do with it. Um, I don't really see that as it pertains to the performance. So you could say a similar thing about a movie like Rudy, which of all the fucking movies in the world, that's one that I've seen. You've seen Rudy, but you haven't seen Rocky. Yeah, somehow that happened. I, I feel bad. Like I, I honestly, like we've been friends for what, 14, 15 years at this point. Uh, thereabouts, yeah. And I I have just fucked up on letting you not watching a lot of movies. Like, I honestly, I honestly did not know that you had not seen all these movies until very recently. Yeah, I honestly kind of shelter myself that way. Like, I kind of hide that away from the world. Like, at work recently, I brought up how I hadn't seen a lot of movies. And they were just giving me movies. And, like, I hadn't seen, like, 65% of them, I'm gonna guess. Just, you know, give or take 50 to 75, somewhere in between. And, like and let me clarify like you haven't seen a lot of like you know like the classic movies like movies that like you know are handed down from generation to generation like you know your dad makes you watch this movie or your grandfather makes you watch this movie or like you know someone's dad this is their favorite movie so you watch it so it's like you know like movies like that you you haven't seen a lot of those like i mean there's a lot of movies i haven't seen as a matter of fact i will never see every movie that's ever been made in my lifetime there's just no way it'll never happen so mathematically though is it technically possible well okay let me put it this way um there's 31 ish seasons of the simpsons correct yes it takes seven days to watch that okay i'm not even talking about tv shows i'm just talking about cinematic releases uh we'll go ahead and call it feature length releases and that's not encompassing of everything but do you think that you could watch every feature length cinematic release um from just beginning to end i mean well first of all it's an ever-expanding list like you would not be able to watch like i barely get to watch every movie that comes out in theaters i I, or do i want to like there's just movies i'm not interested in but like also then just going back all the way to like the dawn of film like it's impossible like six or seven new movies come out every almost every day like at least uh, like a wednesday a thursday and a friday release like just six or seven new movies and that's not even including like limited releases so like right so like i guess if you wanted to watch i think honestly you would have a hard enough time watching every academy award nominated film since the dawn of the academy awards i think you would have a hard enough time doing that it's doable like you could do that but I think you would get very bored eventually. Although it is something I wish I could do at some point. Anyway, it, I think it, it's impossible. I don't think anyone would live that long and be able to see all of those movies. And also, I don't know why they would do that. There's so much other media out there to explore and to, like, love. I see what you mean, Uh, especially as it relates to music. I feel like music, it might even be harder because you got Grammys and then you got a couple of small things. But there really aren't other ways to divide up music. You can't even really do it by genre. Like, could you say, like, can I listen to every rock song ever recorded and copyrighted? Probably not. How do you define rock? Exactly. It's like, what do you consider to be rock? Like, what do you consider to be... Rap? Like, it, it all blends at some point. Like, you could not listen to every recorded song in your lifetime. So, as the same as you cannot watch every movie that's ever come out. So, and as a matter of fact, like, you know, it is kind of crazy to think about stuff like that. Because it's like movies like Rocky or uh, Back to the Future or Star Wars. Like, out of every fucking movie that's ever been made these still rise to the top and like even like some like mid-tier movies like like um my neighbor Totoro or any of the Miyazaki films like everybody knows and loves those movies there's like a billion other fucking movies out there like these rise to the top like just think about what's at the bottom yeah yeah you're right yeah so like you know even just thinking uh, uh something I've been really into lately is on uh, what we do in the shadows um it was mm-hmm. a film uh written it and filmed in new zealand by um one half of flight of the concords and the guy that directed thor ragnarok and then they just recently uh did a television version of it for america on fx and they're both really good you guys should check it out it's really cool but like not a lot of people know about that and it's you know that's just another one of those things it's like lost out there in space huh. like i mean i guess everyone's got one of those things right like everybody's got something that they're into that other mm-hmm. people haven't necessarily been into that they're really into so someone else would have to get into that in order to fully experience the media you know as it stands correct and you could not do that with every single thing out there like it's it's just absolutely impossible i'm interested to do the math i'm not much of a math guy but i'll do math for this um yeah uh, i guess you would have to look up like currently how many feature films have been released like i I think you would have to do in the united states like i think you would have to start there yeah you may be able to expand and include like canada or great britain if you're you know in an english-speaking country which i guess anyone listening to this podcast probably speaks english enough to watch movies in english or at least i hope so or else you're really missing out on the content here I mean, they may just be listening to it for that soothing voice you have, John. I mean, like, you could probably put some babies to sleep. You think that I could do, like, an ASMR type thing? Dude, you could totally do an ASMR type thing. Dude, everybody does an ASMR type thing. I think I just get really, like, close to the microphone like this and just start talking to people. They're really going to be, like, into that. I don't really know. It's like you kind of enunciate. You know, you got to do just a little bit to get them a little extra. Just kind of like that was the worst thing that's ever been in my ears of all time and i am suing (laughs) i mean you listen to the butthole surfers enough to know what pepper was so (sighs) fair enough anyway (laughs) let's get into the heart of why we do this the the whole sole reason that we do this podcast and it's the one question we ask every week and it is this john how the fuck haven't you seen this movie Ah, this one's a lot like The Wizard of Oz, man. It's just like a uh, wrong place, wrong time. I don't know that I've ever been in like a like a social situation that required me to watch this movie. Like I was never at like a friend's house and people were watching Rocky, so it's like let's watch Rocky with so and so's parents or so and so's brother and sister who's watching in the living room. Um, on those days in school, like in the last day of school, it's like well we're done with testing so we just have like a day to kill uh you guys want to watch movies uh yeah uh did anybody bring movies no okay cool well i happen to have a copy of rocky in my desk uh right next to my copy of um american pie unrated i hope i get the right disc (laughs) i um i cannot imagine what teacher would have a copy of rocky and then also american pie unrated in their like desk like i remember when my mom was a teacher she had uh fucking what is it called schoolhouse rock america sings Ah. mary poppins and fantasia so like those were constantly on repeat on that videotape or on that VCR. (laughs) jesus christ it's been so long i forgot what the damn thing was called right right and you know since then we've been onto dvds so it got a little easier you, know, you can put them on like a little portfolio yeah. zach how do you store your dvds and blu-rays and all that stuff like you have a sizable collection as we discussed off air recently um i have a very sizable i, I wouldn't say very it's it's growing. I'm, I finally have a uh, place to put them, so now I can just buy them rampantly. But um, I display them in the cases as God intended. Um, that's in Galatians 33 19. Uh, don't put your fucking Blu-rays in a goddamn portfolio, you fucking psychopath," said Jesus. Okay, so is it the same thing to someone who like has the cases in preservation like in a box, but they have the discs in a portfolio? I- I don't know why you would do that. Like, the case is, like, purpose-built to hold the Blu-ray. Like Sure, but it takes up a ton of space. Does it? Look, I mean, by I, comparison I have, to a single disc, yeah. I have about 300 Blu-rays, and they barely fit up, like, an entire bookcase. Like, it, it's barely filled up right now. I have barely one bookcase full of Blu-rays. Uh, okay, look, y- you just made me sound a lot douchier than that statement actually was, so I need you to take that back. <laughs> okay. I, I take it back. But you also, in return, have to tell me, how many DPDs do you own? Um... Okay, so here's the thing. I actually just shedded a lot of my DVDs because I wanted to buy more. Well, I wanted to buy more Blu-rays, and um I'm one of those people that's like, well, this movie is seven dollars here at Target, and I have it on DVD, but I definitely want it on Blu-ray. So I just kept doing that, and then I when I moved into my new apartment, I eventually realized I have a Blu-ray copy of this and a DVD copy of this. I should probably correct this. So I just took a bunch of the DVDs and took it a the second in Charles. And now my DVD collection is slightly smaller, but only because I got rid of like extras or like shit that I didn't want. See, in my ears, this sounds a little bit more like a like like a music thing for me. So like in my mind, I own more guitars than my wife is probably OK with me having uh, and I am not trying to stop having more guitars at any point in my life so like i mean guitars like it makes sense like each one does it though well i mean if you're getting like guitars that sound different like if you're getting like a hollow body and an electric and an acoustic and then like whatever that fucking thing is where they put the metal circular piece in the middle i don't know what the fuck that's called uh probably like a resonator guitar yeah so like or like a classical style guitar like if you're getting different styles of guitar then i say go for it but if you're buying a stratocaster like every three weeks then you probably need to stop all right i own four acoustic guitars two of them are dreadnoughts Mm. why (laughs) <laughs> because that's just what I happen to end up with. So, like, I, all right, this is not a podcast about guitars. If we want to have a podcast about guitars, drop a drop a comment below. I'll be more than happy to rant about guitars for half an hour every week but like (laughs) you take like your different types of guitars and they all do different things so like dreadnoughts my first guitar ever was a dreadnought a really simple dreadnought but a dreadnought and i was like okay that's really good i'm gonna practice on this and then after a couple years of playing uh my family got me a concert style guitar as a gift and i was like okay that's really cool that's different from my dreadnought and uh it looks different it sounds different it feels different that's cool Then I found myself in a living situation where I couldn't have all my stuff with me. So I just had like a, like a travel guitar. So I got like a little Martin guitar and I'm like, okay, that's super cool. This is like a, it's not necessarily a parlor guitar, like a tiny guitar, but it's, it's a travel size guitar. So I played that one. And then I got married and my wife had a dreadnought guitar that her dad had given to her that she played for a little bit was like, Hey, you're probably going to enjoy this more than I do. And that's how I ended up with four acoustic guitars, two of which are dreadnoughts. I... Okay, that makes a little more sense. Well, okay, but here's the thing. When you tell me that you go to a store and you're like, I have that movie on DVD, but you know what? Blu-ray, it's just that much different. I want both, or I at least want to have the Blu-ray before I get rid of the DVD. Well, yeah, and that's what it is, is like, um... Eventually, I want to replace all of my DVDs with Blu-rays. But that's expensive, and I work in a warehouse, so that's not going to happen anytime soon. Okay, so here's a question, Zach. Like, once we move past Blu-ray... We're into like the digital downloading of the whole 6D interneuron experience, where you just plug your body into the mainframe, and that's all you're doing with your life, and you're experiencing the movie in a completely immersive experience. Are you then gonna phase out your Blu-ray collection into that? Um, no. I'll just double down and get a laser disc. Oof. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, good answer to that uh, that problem there. I. <sighs> I just don't think that, like, you know, just watching a regular movie is ever going to go out of stuff. Like, I think that, like, you know, what you're talking about, like, a virtual reality, like, you know, fully immersive experience. I think that that is going to happen in our lifetime, but I don't think, like, you know, just sitting in front of a screen and watching a story unfold I don't think that's ever gonna go away like and why would it I see what you mean and also like I I don't know how like a 60 virtual reality thing would work because that technology hasn't been invented yet so maybe uh, we'll be doing this podcast 40 years from now and I'll be like dude you know what 60 neuron uh, butt plug movies are the way to go I'm not watching another like fucking boring just on a screen movie ever again see and at that point I would probably respond with something akin to like hey well, uh, good luck with that. I've already got my 700-neuron hentai sex doll here, and I don't even need to put my face on a screen anymore. Uh, I'm going old school with the hentai sex doll. That um, is also a person in the AI sphere. I think that your wife is going to have a lot more of a problem with that than she is with the guitars. Anyway, you just spent, like, ten minutes deflecting. Why the fuck haven't you seen this movie? Okay, so again, <laughs> wrong place, wrong time, and um, I always wanted to i always knew i needed to like i knew about rocky but i had never seen rocky so and and they started coming out with like the apollo creed movies i'm like okay now is the time to get into rocky and it just didn't happen i don't know i got busy like there's not really a good reason okay i mean i guess i could understand that it's just like i remember like you did martial arts as a kid and so like I thought that, like, Rocky would be something that's, like, completely up your alley. It was more of a Karate Kid thing. More of a Karate Kid thing? Fuck the Karate Kid, man. That movie should have been called Cobra Kai. It was. Later. Well, I mean, they made a TV show out of it, but it was too little too late. (laughs) Anyway. Um, you know what? I I can... I hear a scratching at the door. I hear a oh uh, oh shit! We forgot to let Frank in. Uh, hey John, uh, well, you, you better go, let go Frank Frank... fucking let him in. Uh, John, go let him in so that you can do the fucking synopsis and get out of here. It smells in here now. Shit, here we go again with this. <sighs> hey, hello, my friends. It is me, Frank Synopsis again, here to bring you a beautiful movie review. Frank, what what the fuck do you smell like? That is an excellent question. I don't have a good answer to. However, I will tell you that I've been really, really into Mickey's Malt Liquor recently. Mickey's Malt Liquor, the the street favorite of Philadelphia. It is in fact the streets run yellow with Mickey's Malt Liquor, and I keep drinking it, and I keep feeling terrible the next day. <laughs> so Frank, have you been? Have you been getting into the spirit for uh, doing this Rocky synopsis? Oh, absolutely. I haven't. I've been doing my own training type scenario. I. See, I live in Central Park, so I don't necessarily have the same environment that, you know, your man Rocky Balboa had to train in, but I I make do with what I have. I'm familiar with his living situation, and by that I mean I I live in a dumpster, essentially. (laughs) And Rocky does indeed live in a dumpster. Um, So, Frank... I got my beer bottle collection, I got my mattress with a knife stabbed in it, I've got a turtle, I mean, uh, what else could you really ask for? What's your turtle's name? He doesn't have a name. I I don't like to give my food names. Okay, Frank, why don't you just tell me what the movie's about? Alright, here we go. Rocky Balboa, a down-and-out boxer in Philadelphia, gets the chance of a lifetime to fight the world heavyweight champ, Apollo Creed. Rocky gets trained by Mickey Goldmill, a former boxer who at first sees no potential in Rocky. Meanwhile, Rocky begins a romance with Adrian Panino, a shy pet store worker. Rocky goes 15 rounds of the Apollo Creed, ultimately losing the match, but wins his chance in the spotlight, and proving anyone can become a somebody. Frank, that was beautiful. So much more cohesive than normal. Uh, I I guess maybe malt liquor's doing a lot more for you than the usual martinis. Well, you know, uh, malt liquor definitely taught me a few things, and uh, the movie kind of compiled on that. So, with malt liquor taught me a lot about pounding raw meat, and when I watched this movie, I learned even more about pounding raw meat. Um, were they separate versions of pounding raw meat? It was another way added to my lexicon, yes. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, Frank. Um, you can exit the building now and please take a shower next time before you come in. Uh, all I ask is that I can visit craft services. Uh, Yes. Go. Dig through our garbage. Just dig through it. That's where the craft services are. I guess you can eat the crust off the pizza that I didn't eat earlier. I'm gonna go pound some raw meat in that trash can. Please don't... Will someone make sure he doesn't fuck the trash can, please? I can't... I can't do it again. Zach, we don't have anybody else here that does... Zach, no one is there to make sure that good things happen. We don't have a crew. It's just us. I keep saying this. I know. I just really can't watch him fuck a trash can again, dude. Again? I... Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, now that he's gone and we can bring out the big boy liquor, John, tell us what cocktail you made this week. I tried to keep things really simple. So, I didn't really have... Like a good cocktail this week. I kind of was shooting from the hip looking for ideas. And as I was walking in today to do the recording, I noticed it was it's a big pile of Mickey's malt liquor bottles outside. Oh, yeah. That was Frank. Oh, was it really? Yeah, he, I think he's been sleeping here. We need to change the locks. Uh, wait, when you say sleeping here, you mean like in the area or like in the house? In the- He's, in the house. he's <laughs> um, in the house. The calls are coming from inside the house. Um, oh, that's a throwback. That's a throwback to what, four weeks ago? Uh, like chronologically or in episodes? I don't fucking know. What's yeah? The, yeah but- okay, so basically, <laughs> so you got to take your bottle of uh, Mickey's malt liquor and you're gonna put it in your freezer. You want it real cold. Nobody wants warm malt liquor. I, uh, stop. I don't know what you're doing, but stop. So well, put I mean, that in your freezer. I was gonna say. Well, I mean, when you're sitting on the hot, hot streets of Philadelphia in the summertime, and you've got your forty of uh, malt liquor, it is just sitting on the curb all day and it's cooking. It's going to be warm. And I feel like that's the true spirit. Like, it's not supposed to be good. You're right. And sometimes I feel like the green glass bottles that it comes in just kind of like amplify the sun rays somehow. I don't don't know how that light spectrum thing works, but it doesn't seem like a good color for malt Liquor. (laughs) Yellow, it's yellow like it's going to come back out. Exactly. See, that's how you know that your body is truly done with something. When it comes out the same color it went in as. That's why you eat uh, shawarma. And that's also why you drink Mickey's. (laughs) anyway so you put the mickeys in the freezer because you want it good and cold yes exactly uh then you're going to take a pilsner glass so it's important to have a bigger glass for this if you have a pint glass that's fine you're just going to want to fill it up kind of lower than full maybe by like an inch or so because it's a bit of displacement because you're actually going to drop a shot glass into the pint glass this is a cocktail type known as the boiler maker Okay. Right. So you might know it as like an Irish car bomb or any other like variation thereof. But in this case, what we're going to do is we're going to take that shot glass and we're going to fill it with a half ounce of Amaretto, a half ounce of bourbon, four roses if you like, if you want to sit close to the movie cannon. And you want to add like two dashes of Angostura aromatic bitters. And then you're going to take your malt liquor out of the freezer, pour it into that Pilsner glass nice and easy. You want to get it up close to the top again, leaving an an inch, maybe a little more on the top because you're going to get displacement from that shot glass you're dropping in there. And then take your shot glass full of liquor drop it in drink away it's not gonna overflow like you get with some of the other boiler maker drinks it's not really like that it's just gonna foam up a little bit and that's as it should be beautiful and what's this one yeah, called call it the mickey's right rib hook because mm, it's gonna, like, give you a little bit of a punch. Yeah, you know, you gotta tie in your movie stuff with these things. So you got Mickey, he's the, he's the coach. You got your Four Roses bourbon. That's what your boy, uh... Who's Rocky's friend? I, I, I'm terrible with names. Like, in movies and in real life. Polly. Uh, Polly. Yeah, Pauly. Polly's drinking Four Roses there at the end of the movie. So you just gotta tie it all together. Amaretto's an Italian liqueur. <laughs> and, you know, gotta, gotta love that Italian stallion. Ooh, yeah. That, oh, man, I should have called it the Italian stallion. I mean, that would just be a bunch of beer bottles on the top of the couch somehow <laughs> just a bunch of beer bottles and a loose turtle hey adrian you want to come on you hungry adrian you want i'm just gonna have a beer bottle myself but if you want something else you're gonna <laughs> oh yeah i love eating beer <laughs> bottles adrian rocky you're, you're bleeding from the mouth oh yeah it's a boxer thing you're getting a lot of bites are just gonna one of me is, is, is gonna bleed from the mouth It's over. okay okay all right well thank you john for that for that new cocktail i hope you guys all enjoy it i hope you guys check out our facebook page to see more info about the cocktail and john will just break it on down for you oh yeah that's what i'm good at (laughs) all right let's get into some of the meat of this episode let's 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 get into uh why gotta pound the raw meat gotta pound the raw meat baby um anyway (laughs) so Because John doesn't know a lot about movies, I make him watch the movie, and then I'm also going to bore him to fucking tears with info about the movie, because that's my favorite part. Hell yeah. Is learning, how the fuck did this thing get made? All right, and we're going to do that just now. We're going to start with the Wikipedia info. (laughs) Hell yeah, love the Wikipedia info. Uh, Where would we be without Wikipedia? We, I definitely would have failed a lot of tests because I don't own encyclopedias, no one does it it's kind of outdated and it sucks that like wikipedia needs money all the time because people just use that instead of encyclopedias but it's free like, they yeah. still have it up for free. I would easily... You know what? No, I wouldn't pay for a subscription service to Wikipedia. I just wouldn't. I, I'll just give them $10 whenever they ask me to. I was gonna I, say, I don't know that I have ever actually donated to Wikipedia, but I probably should. Because I use it pretty frequently. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where it's like, you know what? I've been using this since I was about, like, what, eight years old? I should probably help them out. Because it's a good yeah. service, and I want it to stay around. Not anyway. what we're trying to do right now, though. Hmm? I said, not what we're trying to do right now. Now, though. Not what we're trying to do right now. Rocky was released on November 23rd, 1976 in New York City and had a wide release in all of the Americas on December 3rd, 1976. Pretty, right, late, re- so... pretty late release for what turned out to be a big movie right uh i guess it takes place around that time of year do you think there was like an immersive element to that no i think it's that they didn't know what to expect from this movie so they decided to put it out you know like after thanksgiving around christmas because you know like uh i can't remember what else was coming out around this time in Mm -hmm. 1976 but they probably could have you know been like oh this movie sold out okay i guess we'll go see this fucking boxing movie i again is it a boxing movie or is it a movie about a boxer um the advertiser's definitely definitely make it look like a boxing movie and i guess it is a boxing movie but right but it's not like fight porn it's not fight porn it's definitely a character driven story but boxing is kind of the uh, the backdrop i see what you mean there okay so this movie was directed by john g alvinson and produced by erwin winkler and robert chartoff don't and, know any of these guys. Erwin uh, Winkler and Robert Chartoff were uh, pretty big producers for United Artists. Like, probably the biggest producers that they had. Interesting. We like, need we'll to get, learn more about that. Yeah, we will get into that momentarily. But uh, this movie was written by Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, I saw that on the title cards and was like, huh, hmm, gotta yeah, pay and, attention here. And we'll, uh, we will also get into that. This movie is very interesting production-wise. Like, I was, I was salivating at the mouth reading about this. It's just such a cool story about how this got made. But anyway, um, and while we're here talking about Stallone, the stone man, um, The the thing to remember about Sylvester Stallone when this movie came out is that he was a literal nobody. Like he had been in a couple of movies, but he was by no means a big star. He was not a big star until this movie came out. Interesting. So this is the breaking point for Sylvester Stallone. This is the breaking point for Sylvester Stallone. This is like, this is ground zero for what we now know is like, a modern action star. That's crazy. I, I literally didn't know that coming in here to record this episode, and it makes a lot of sense now. Like, uh, what kind of stuff was he in before this? Was it also action-driven, or, like, what were we looking at? Oh, we'll get into it. It's actually pretty interesting. Let's, I don't let's like get... the sound of that. I... <laughs> it's not bad. It's not bad. We'll talk about it. Anyway, the music is by Bill Conti. Uh, And it was distributed, like I said earlier, by United Artists, uh, starring Sylvester Stallone as Rocky Balboa, obviously, Tally Shire as Adrian Panino, Burt Young as Pauly Panino, Carl Weathers as Apollo Creed. Carl Weathers is such a badass, dude. I love Carl Weathers. You know, uh, Carl Weathers, I looked it up while I was watching the movie because he looks so familiar, but I'm unable to find him in a lot of stuff that is not either Rocky movies or Rocky adjacent movies. Um, he was in Predator, um, he had a stint as himself on Arrested Development, um, I can't remember who I was talking to about this recently, but a lot of people confuse him for Billy D. Williams. Interesting. Yeah, like, and I've had that conversation multiple times, where they're like, oh yeah, Billy D. Williams, like, you know, he's, uh, Lando Calrissian, and he's in Predator, and Rocky, and I'm like, wait, that's Carl Weathers. <laughs> oh, okay, I... I don't know about the Lando Calrissian thing. Like, I see why someone might say that, but, like, nah. It's, uh, yeah, no, it's definitely not. And, uh, of course, Burgess Meredith plays Mickey Goldmill. Ah, uh, yes, the namesake of this beautiful cocktail I'm staring at on the top of my printer. <laughs> Please don't drop that shot glass on top of your printer. You will not have a printer anymore. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's on its last leg as is. <laughs> It only prints yellow. <laughs> Which works for me because all I'm using it for is uh printouts for the episodes. All I'm using <laughs> it for is scripts. And it was all yellow. Anyway. And it was all yellow. <laughs> the budget for this movie was one million dollars and its return uh worldwide was around two hundred and twenty five million dollars. That is absolutely ridiculous. It's bonkers. And uh I've got more of a uh, budget breakdown coming up here later. But first of all, we need to talk about a little boy from Los Angeles named Sylvester Stallone. From Los Angeles? Yes. He well, I mean, this story starts in Los Angeles, so fuck it. I don't care where the fuck he's from. <laughs> anyway, um Sylvester Stallone was a down on his luck actor in 1975. And he had only really had a few small roles, uh, most notably uh, *Lords of Flatbush* in 1974, opposite Henry Winkler, who is John. Who's Henry Winkler, John? I don't know. It sounds really familiar, though. I'm having a I'm having a literal thing right now. Who is Henry Winkler? The Fonz. I, I don't know jack shit about that. I just talked about him last week on our uh, on ice sitcom thing. <laughs> I'm so mad at you right now. If we weren't doing this podcast just so that you knew more about pop culture and movies in particular, I'd be so mad at you right now. Uh, (laughs) Lords of Flatbush. (laughs) That was like his most famous role to date. And it wasn't a very big movie. Um, He was also... (laughs) This was the interesting part I was going to tell you about. Um, Sylvester Stallone was in a softcore porn film called The Party at Kitty and studs in 1970. This was okay, just so to when like you said, put some money in his pocket. Okay. So when you said Lords of Flatbush, I kind of assumed that was the infamous porno that I didn't really know anything about other than the fact that it existed cuz Lords of Flatbush seems like an infamous porno title. Mhm. No, nope, The Party at Kitty and Studs. Ah, uh, mm, uh, uh, all right. Okay, okay, okay. So the, the film renamed The Italian Stallion then. Yeah, it was renamed The Italian Stallion. After Rocky was released And Sloan was was, uh, pretty fucking pissed about it Because he only made $200 for making that movie. I mean, nineteen seventy two hundred $200 is a lot more than it is now, but, like, still... Well, two days of shooting a softcore porn film, I feel like you should get more money than that. I mean, like, at the very least, just to cover his medical bills for probably how much his dick was up against his zipper. I just... I don't need to talk (laughs) about this anymore. (laughs) Like, I was familiar with the Italian Stallion being associated with some kind of porno, but I did not know that that was added after the fact. Yeah, it was added after the fact. It was not originally called the Italian Stallion. I D- just... That, that would have made it so weird if he was just repping the softcore porn movie he did in he a only major made... motion picture. Was there no, like, royalty justice here? Like, was he not no. paid for people? No, of course not. It's D- disgusting. I... I... I don't want he to be a person been... that just says that I need to know more about the porn, but in this case, I need to know more about the porn. <laughs> you can go look it up. There's there's a ton of shit about it. We don't have time to talk about it here. <laughs> anyway, okay. So, moving on. Stallone wrote the movie after watching Muhammad Ali and Chick Webner fight on May 24th, 1975. Webner was KO'd in the 15th round, with no, with no one expecting him to last as long as he did. Hmm. So, like, he was kind of like a nobody boxer, and Muhammad Ali fought him, and just just bugging the shit out of Muhammad Ali. He was just so fucking pissed that it was going so long. He was not used to box for that long anymore. I was going to say, have you ever tried boxing like for real, for real? No, I'm sure I would not last a minute okay so i was in martial arts growing up like i earned a black belt like uh my family had like a studio that they ran for a little bit like we were in the industry a little bit not like boxing i never had any real experience until i moved to california and a buddy of mine was actually taking like personal boxing lessons with a local coach and he was like hey man should come to my boxing lesson yeah you can shadow me the, the the whole time like he allows people to do that i was like all right yeah i'll come in i'll see what it's all about so i shadowed him for that one like hour long boxing lesson holy shit dude i could not feel my arms the next day yeah dude it's it's i mean like you're throwing all of your weight through your arm like for what an hour maybe i mean it's just it's the striking it's the constant like big tense of the muscles and release and then tense and release like that whole process is so hard on the body yeah and i mean that's why boxers don't really last that long well that and they get hit in the head all the goddamn time yeah look at you nfl look at you john madden (laughs) john madden that had nothing to do with this you leave his name out of your mouth <laughs> hey how many kids played football because of john madden you know what that's fair anyway back to what we're talking about uh stallone was so broke in 1975 he only had 106 dollars in his bank account with uh trying to take care of his wife and his daughter um and so he decided that you know he wasn't really making it in the you know acting like he wasn't getting as big of roles as he needed to like you know feed his family so he decided to try writing so you know he could kind of be like you know hey also do some writing you know just to try and maybe make some extra money right it makes sense it makes sense like you know you got if you got if you got the time and you got the energy and you got the skill why not you can make a couple bucks yeah exactly you can pound some raw meat i could definitely pound some you know what i'm not letting you make me say that um hey (laughs) So he decided to he decided to write a, he decided to write a script about that Muhammad Ali and Chick Webner fight, and so he wrote the script for Rocky in about three to four days on legal paper. Legal paper, which is also happens to be what I write all of my stuff on. Dude, legal paper's the best. It really is. I got myself a little portfolio, like, leather folder thing that I slipped the legal pad into, and I look legit as shit. Dude, if you have legal paper, you're always gonna look legit as shit, no matter what. Yeah. You just take notes, it doesn't matter what you misspell, it doesn't matter how many dicks you draw in the side margins, you're good to go. Ten out of ten. Business professional. Yes! (laughs) Anyway, so... Stallone went to a meeting with United Artists producers Erwin Winkler and Robert Chartoff to discuss roles Stallone could play. After the meeting you know they were like okay well we'll keep in touch we got we got some ideas for you Stallone just turns around and goes I'll write as well and they were like of course you fucking do everyone in Hollywood fucking writes. They were like okay just give it to us just give it to us and so he gave them two scripts one was a script that was apparently okay, and they just kind of threw it away. But then they read Rocky, and they, like, just, just the bells started going off. They they knew that they had a fucking winner there. See, now, was that a boxing joke that you just made o- on purpose, or was it a boxing joke on accident? It was a boxing joke on purpose accident. Purpose accident? What, I want to know what the other movie was. What, what was the other movie that didn't make it? It, it was... <sighs> I forget what it was about it was pretty much kind of like lords of flatbush it it never got made Mm. and we're talking about lords of flatbush the actual movie not lords of flatbush the porno that i thought that the other porno was (laughs) you know the porno that i thought the other porno was yeah what kind of fucking conversation are we having right now (laughs) we're talking about sylvester stallone writing movies that may or may not include his penis Um, I don't think he wrote the one that included his fetus. I think he was just trying to feed his daughter. Which, you know what? I guess there's worse ways to do that. He could have been killing people. That's true. Hey, man. In the movie, he was like a mob fucking gangster, dude. Like, what what the hell was that about? Like That was one part of the movie that I had legitimately no idea about until I watched it. And I was like... This guy's a loan shark. This guy works for a mob boss. It's a pretty forgettable part of the movie, to be honest. It is, but when you watch it and you're like, huh. So, yeah, his whole he's a, life... He's a ruffian. He's a rougher. Yeah, he he's financed by the mob. Yeah, but, I mean, he does good with it, right? I mean, ultimately, I guess, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> morality aside, they bought the script immediately. Um... And when they bought the script, they thought it would be a good vehicle for Robert Redford, Ryan O'Neill, Burt Reynolds, or James Cant. You know, like, one of those types. You know, like, the typical 1970s, like, action baddies. Like uh, Sure. And this is maybe where Stallone comes in and is like, Hey, I, I could do it. I, can, I could do a punch. I, I, can, I can act in a movie. Um, actually, it didn't go down like that. Stallone refused to sell the script if they didn't let him be the uh the lead. Okay, so breaking from the boxing thing, he does the arm bar, which is more of like a judo thing, I guess. hmm And he just is like, oh, you can't have Rocky unless I can be Rocky. Yeah, because he's like, it's me. Like this is an extension of me. I have to play this character. And here's why Stallone kind of strong armed them into They knew that they can make money off this movie. Like, they were pretty sure. And because of their standing at United Artists, Uh, these two producers actually had a deal where if they could keep the budget low enough, which is usually, like, around a million or below a million, they can greenlight whatever the fuck they want. Huh. So, Stallone convinced them to do that, and so Rocky was officially being made with Stallone attached to be the lead. A currently no-name actor. Like, I think, I cannot stress that enough. That's, like, a a rags-to-riches story just like the Rocky story itself. Do you think that makes him, like, a character actor or, like, a method actor at that point? um somewhat i mean it's kind of like um i don't know like it is a one-man show the same way like it's that's pretty much what he's doing he's writing it and he's acting in it like he just knows the character so well and he knows exactly how he wants the character to come off so he's like you know what i want to do it and it didn't help or and i guess it also helped that he really needed the fucking money well of course and i mean when you're the guy holding the chips on like hey this is my movie I own the script still, until you do what I say, I can't actually release creative integrity on this. Exactly, so they agreed and the movie was being made. Um, The studio was still kind of unsure about having Stonewall play the lead though, like they weren't quite as convinced. Um, So they sought out to put big names at the supporting cast. Uh, Adrian and Apollo were actually casted pretty late by industry standards, like almost up to like a couple weeks before filming. Uh, you know okay so for Apollo I kind of get that where it's like he interjects into the other parts of the movies except for the end scene like they have to choreograph I guess all of the boxing parts but he mm-hmm. only boxes in the final scene so that's not like a big crisis for them but for Adrian Adrian makes a lot more appearances Yeah and it was just because they couldn't find the right person uh, they actually they considered Susan Sarandon for huh. the for the role of Adrian And uh I think that could have been pretty good I I could see susan sarandon playing that character but i don't know like um god i'm losing her name tolly shire but tolly shire like i couldn't see anyone else playing adrian like she just is adrian I don't know. When she puts the glasses on, looks a little bit like Stephen King, I think. And, like, so I just imagine, like, Sylvester Stallone standing on the studio like, Hey, Stephen King, I really like your work. You want to come and sign me? We could talk about a couple of horror movie ideas. You want a beer bottle? I really love eating beer bottles this time of night. I know you've got a thing with substance abuse since 1976, Stephen King, but let me tell you what, eating a beer bottle really puts the hurt on my cravings. Jesus Christ and before we move on from this they actually wanted to cast real life boxer ken norton as apollo creed interesting yeah but they he wasn't available or he just didn't want to do it like he pulled out then uh they eventually found carl weathers so they ended okay. up not casting any big names in this at all so in the modern day we have people like john cena who exists in like the pop culture sphere where he was like he was in the military for a bit and then he started wrestling and then he started acting and wrestling so uh, do you think that would be the similar trajectory we would have seen here with the real boxers in rocky uh it would just be the back yeah i guess so like it could have launched an acting career for him I think he did have a few acting roles, but, you know, I think Carl Weathers is the perfect Apollo Creed. I couldn't see anyone else playing Apollo Creed. I mean, oh, I guess absolutely. just because this movie is so iconic, but I mean, you know, it's just, I think the stars align. I think they got the right people for this. Agreed. Alright. And uh, you know, because it was such a low budget film low budget, like you've like a million dollars just sounds like so much. Money. But It really does, and especially in nineteen seventy six. Yeah, like a million dollars is so much money. But anyway, so some of Stallone's family played small parts, like uh, his brother Frank was the uh the, the guy that was singing in the street at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And, uh, his, Stallone's first wife, Sasha, was uh, one of the photographers in one of the scenes. He, I, you think he's, like, plugging the family here? Like, I know Sylvester Stallone is, like, an actual Italian dude, right? Uh, he, he's plugging his family, not the family. O- okay, not, like, capital T, capital F, the family, but, like, he's plugging the family. The familia has got to come in and do their thing, you know what I mean? Well, I didn't see any Mizza in there, so I don't think this is a very Italian production. All right, um... And then to to finish off some of this pre-production stuff, uh, a lot of Rocky's character traits are jo- based on Joe Frazier, who makes a mm. cameo in the movie. Uh, Joe Frazier is from Philly. He punched meat in, like, a meat factory, and he ran up the Philadelphia Museum of Art Steps, which I have also right. walked up. It It... it- it actually is pretty rough. It's a pretty it's pretty rough uh, jog. Like, especially if you're trying to do a light jog up them. It's, pre- it's pretty rough. I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna do it. I mean, as a guy who does, like, one, two, three-mile runs, I'm interested to know what the actual Rocky training material is like. Um, I mean... <sighs>
1: Can you call it a syllabus? Would you
0: gratify this with being called a syllabus? A syllabus for, like, how how to train like Rocky? Yeah. I mean, I guess so, but, like, so much of it, like, you don't know what he's actually doing because it's shrouded in uh, Gonna Fly Now true so i don't know but anyway um so joe Fraser actually wasn't given credit for you know the character pretty much being based on him or some of his character traits but right. i think making a cameo appearance is pretty much a sign off wouldn't you well so joe Fraser cameos in the movie yeah he's the guy at the uh like when they're like and now our esteemed guest joe frazier at the boxing match and like he comes up and he like starts shaking hands with people oh yeah okay yeah no i did yeah, not that realize is, that going in that is real life boxer joe frazier i literally did not know that until just this moment jesus christ all right so let's talk a little bit about the filming of this film the filming of the film how much so more stupider didn't... can i say that they didn't just follow Sylvester Stallone around where he like throws beer bottles over his house and stabs a mattress. Uh, no, they didn't do that. That's a different movie. Um, th- maybe that was the other script. Oh, <laughs> stabbing mattresses—the movie. Oh, okay, ah. it's kind of got kind of, a kind, of, kind of a poetic title. What's it about? Nope, this guy's literally just stabbing mattresses. Fuck. He lives in okay. a shitty apartment. He's got a mattress with a knife in it. I mean, don't we all? Don't we all? Okay, there's a difference between hiding a knife in your mattress and stabbing a knife into your mattress and leaving it stabbed in the mattress. Hey man, gotta have it ready at all times. Was that like a Philadelphia thing? Is that a Pennsylvania thing? It's definitely not a Pennsylvania thing. I mean, at least I don't know. I mean, no one gave me the knife in the mattress memo, so I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) Is that a requirement? (laughs) <laughs> Just, uh, hey, uh, we're the Pennsylvania, uh, bureau. We're, we're coming in to make sure your house is Pennsylvania enough. Okay, all right, you got, you got the, you got the Polish pottery. Uh, you got, you got the doula. You got the, you you got, you got all wood furniture. All right, all right, all right. It's looking very Pennsylvania in here. Looking very Pennsylvania. All right, all right, all right. Let me look at your mattress. What the fuck? There's no goddamn knife in your mattress. How can you say you live in Pennsylvania? There's no, no fucking knife in your mattress. Oh, how many knives you got in your mattress? How uh, would so you got him knives under your mattress? Uh, I, 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 I could have two right now. Two's too many. <laughs> it's one, one. We don't live in fucking Delaware. You can't put two goddamn knives in your mattress. Next time we come here, there better be a fucking knife in this mattress, or we're gonna take away your fucking driver's license. Oh fuck! <laughs> Not you the turnpike. Don't take the turnpike. <laughs> oh, all turnpike. <laughs> All All turnpike access has been denied. You can't use it. Now you can't get to Philadelphia whenever you want. You gotta live in shitty Harrisburg now. Aw, fuck, man. Noses. (laughs) Noses. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) i think i just took a lot of my pennsylvania frustration out on that character i'm so sorry you really did you mentioned wooden furniture and i knew that's when it was real (laughs) dude no one has anything else like it's so weird and it's like always like that cream color wood and i don't know why hey man that's the life that's what you gotta do you know you gotta live local or what is it be local buy local that's what they say here in the valley be local buy local Speaking yeah, of local, got... <laughs> this movie was actually filmed in Philadelphia. And Principal... I... Hmm? Just go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Principal Photography began on January 9th, 1976, in Philadelphia. In uh, Philly. Up, Philly. Philadelphia, where the streets are always on fire. And um, they're always full of meat. They're full of cheese. If you're in one part of Philly, it's a cheese whiz. If you're in another part of Philadelphia, it's an American white provolone cheese. You get into the onions. The onions is what makes a real difference. And, you know, um, uh, some milk steak Uh, don't do this don't put jelly beans on steak that's disgusting and don't sauce it up with milk just cold milk. jesus christ this that fucking show we anyway. talked last week about how fucked up it was to put cheese on a burger because like the cow makes the cheese and then you kill the cow and you put the meat on the bun with the cheese that came from the cow and how fucked up that is do not take a steak covered in milk and jelly bean <laughs> that's even worse than that like that's not even enjoyable don't do this you're just proving a point well i mean the jelly beans is just adding horse to the meal oh d- uh, don't do this still don't, don't make this hard. that's like a bacon <laughs> milk Steak, but different and more colorful. <laughs> and using an horse instead of pigs. A horse is a horse of course, unless that horse is jellybean. Anyway, um this... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this movie was actually the third ever to use a steady cam. John, do you know what a steady cam is? i uh your guess is as good as mine man i don't fucking know okay so a steady cam is actually like an apparatus that you wear on your stuff. it's kind of like a harness and it keeps the like if you're you can walk with the camera like before like if they were going to do like running shots like they do in the montage scene they'd have to use a dolly where the camera's like on tracks but this camera is actually lightweight enough that it can be strapped to a person and they can follow wherever the actions go so So, it's like when you're in high school and they give you a cantaloupe and they're like hey this is your baby and you wear it around on your chest all day yeah it's it's kind of like that except it's a camera and it's really expensive and they'll probably murder you if you drop it hey that's not as good as a cantaloupe no it's not and it's philadelphia so it's really easy to get away with the murder there anyway noted <laughs> um the first movie to use a steady cam was bound for glory and the second was the running man and those all came out in like the same time frame as rocky never said so this running was man. actually like uh nope and this is actually so it's actually like kind of like a like a groundbreaking film like some of those scenes would not have been able to be filmed the way they were if it weren't for steady cam i see again no frame of reference never seen running man never seen bound for glory never seen That's any a, of that the, the the point is is that like you know you wouldn't get like those shaky camera shots without it like uh, whenever i think of shaky like steady cam shots i always think of that scene in uh harry potter and the goblet of fire where like dumbledore comes bursting through the door and then like just the camera's like going up and down on ron and harry and it's just fucking funny to me and i don't know why just i'm it's, gonna it's have so to go back to watch god it's it's probably been like seven years since i've seen that movie dude just do a watch through of all the harry potter movies it only takes like two days it only takes two days are you including like fantastic beasts of course i'm not i have i have not actually seen those i haven't i haven't made the time for them It's worth it, first off, and second off Do you think the guy in that movie is a vegan? Like, Newt Scamander? You think he's a vegan? Um, I mean, what do Newt's eat? Well, okay, no, I'm not talking about He's a dude named Newt, his name is Newt And he collects the creatures I mean, at some point, doesn't he get hungry? Sure, but that's the question, is does he go out of his way To get vegetable options, or does he Just kind of make do with what he's got? You know, like, do do you ever see them eating meat In Harry Potter? Yeah, yeah Okay, because in the Great Hall, they have, like, plates Of chicken wings and shit, which is really not uk at all i sometimes i wonder if they put things in specifically for american audiences oh like on the plate you think it would have just been a big thing of like creamed potatoes and unseasoned pork but when the american audience watches it's like a cheetos dorito flavor blasted chicken wing ranch dressing thing oh dude do they have taco bell and hogsmeade don't do this don't (laughs) don't don't introduce this idea into the world it's my hogwarts and i'll do what i want to anyway let's get back on here um so during filming a lot of plot points changed due to the low budget nature of this so like they kind of had to like dumb things down but one that i found interesting was uh mickey uh the trainer was actually portrayed as a racist and rocky threw the fight because he didn't want to be part of the boxing world anymore huh interesting well okay explain this to me so mickey was a racist because he's a super old dude in 1976 i think at some point in the movie they said he was born Born in like 1903 like he started boxing 50 years before so that's 1926 america was a different place in 1926 i don't think anybody could dispute that no i mean and it wouldn't make it right but it, i guess it was more like a like some sort of weird half-hearted attempt at like you know shaming race. like i don't really know like what the point would have been so i'm kind of glad that they changed that plot point but I, so, I would be interested to see like how that affected movie so is it the case that rocky loses to apollo to spite mickey yes Okay, Because he makes it through to the end. He doesn't lose by knockout. He is continuing the fight up until the last minute of the last round. Yeah, and it's... Inspiring. Like, honestly, like, anytime I watch that scene, I'm, like, super excited. I didn't know any of this until then, but th- the scene itself was enough, as it stands. Exactly. It's a great scene. It hey, really let's, is. <laughs> let's talk about some more weird weird production shit. Okay, so the, th- the scene at the ice skating rink where uh, he bribes his way into getting him and Adrian on the floor alone was actually right. done that way because they couldn't afford extras to have in the scene. So originally the scene was, like, written where there were actually other people at the skating rink but they couldn't afford the extras. Okay, so the scene started off essentially as like a like a precursor to Elf where they go to the the skating rink, but it's not mm-hmm. the saddest and most depressing Christmas movie of all time. <laughs> Exactly, but instead they had to do this. Right, and the other one, Buddy the Elf, is just talking to a human person saying that he has weird feelings, and in this one, Sylvester Stallone's just like, Hey, are uh, you going to give me like $10 for like 7 minutes? He's like, how much raw meat you got? And he's like, I'll give you all the raw meat you can pound in a lifetime, buddy. I got a friend in the meatpacking business. <laughs> now you have a friend in the meatpacking business, Polly. <laughs> oof that one's for atlanta listeners only yeah (laughs) anyway the poster at the boxing match of Rocky, you know how he comes up and says, like, you know, I'm wearing white shorts with a red stripe, not red shorts with a white stripe. They yeah. actually had to do that because it was a production goof. Like That's the, uh, funny. Yeah, and Stallone wrote that scene so that people wouldn't think that it's a goof. That's hilarious. Okay, so, like, normally I feel like they just kind of go on with that thing and some nerd, like, on YouTube figures it out later and it's like, 28 things wrong with Rocky. And then they just go back and be like, see, his shorts are a different color on the poster but like now he just comes out in the home it's like oh you got the, the, the shorts this the red with the white strap the, the white with the red strap yeah but you know honestly i think that's one of the better scenes in the movie because the guy the promoter goes does it even really matter do you really care right and that and that kind of prompts like the third act like problem for rocky and i'm like oh so i mean it doesn't feel like it's like you know tapered in there like it feels like it's supposed to be in there it really does it absolutely does so, I think it was a happy accident. I think it, like, kind of led the way to, like, maybe a better finale. Because it, it it truly shows Rocky that nobody cares about it. Like, they didn't even care to, like, get his poster right. You know what I'm saying? Right. He was just a showpiece. He truly is just that. And I remember during the match, Apollo even, like, mutters through his mouthpiece, like, it's just a show. Or, like, something to that effect. And, like, I hadn't really like, thought about it up to that point. But it's like, you know, they really were just thinking about it that way in the boardroom and like now that it's in the ring they didn't back off at all and like it takes the whole match for Apollo to really get into it exactly and he's like oh man he's not playing right so it's yeah it's definitely a good scene I'm glad that they goofed I I think it made the movie um And then moving on, I thought that you would find this fun, John. Uh, Lloyd Kaufman of Troma fame plays a drunk in this movie. So, like, the guy that Rocky picks up and uh, brings back into the bar, that is Lloyd Kaufman, who uh, would later write and direct The Toxic Avenger. I... Love the Toxic Avenger franchise. I love trauma films. Um if you guys hadn't figured out what kind of movies I was into already from all the references to like Puppet Master and Night of the Living Dead and all that bullshit, like uh, this is definitely in my wheelhouse of things. And it's awesome that in the scene that introduces Polly like, a serious figure in the movie. Lloyd Kaufman makes an appearance as a drunk. That's just the whole package for me. I love to see Lloyd Kaufman, and it's very rare that we get to see him in an acting role. And, like, trauma hadn't really, like... Super hit it off at this point because like they didn't really uh, make like a big movie until Toxic Adventure. Let's be completely honest, they never really hit it off. <laughs> that is completely fair. They make movies for five dollars so they can make ten dollars on it. That's pretty much what they do. Yes, and it's a beautiful thing. It's the truest form of art in some senses. and In other senses, it's disgusting, deplorable garbage. But I love it all the same way. Um, if you don't know who Lloyd Kaufman is or you haven't seen him in action before go on youtube and look up the angry video game nerd toxic avenger series where he reviews the toxic avenger like video games and lloyd kaufman makes an actual appearance in a youtube series if you were just wondering how low they could possibly go in the cinema world it it's pretty low like most of their movies they posted on youtube for themselves for free it's hilarious it's although great great titles like surf nazis must die i mean come on how can you go where how can you go wrong with that jeez christ we have to move on um speaking of other people that were in the movie before they were big uh michael dorn who would later play dorf on star trek the next generation played apollo's bodyguard does apollo really need a bodyguard i mean yeah if some dude was just like i'm gonna kill apollo he's probably gonna plant a bridge under an underpass which is also coincidentally the worst possible name for like a like an urban dictionary sex position. bury him under the underpass no plant a bomb on the underpass uh, i i can only think of one thing that that would be but i don't want to ruin this podcast i really it's don't exactly get what you think it, down. it is okay Anyway. <laughs> um all right let's move on to the release of the film um so in its first week of release the film made five million dollars and after eight months of release it made 117 million dollars at the north american box office which is around 500 million today and it also grossed 107 million dollars from foreign markets this gave the film an 11,000 percent increase that is ridiculous like i don't care who you are if you were in on the ground floor with rocky and you had money in the studio that's just insane Growth, like unprecedented growth. Like, imagine making a bet and making even just in a like a hundred percent like return. This is even more than a hundred percent. This is like so far above a hundred percent that it's ridiculous. Right. If you had invested, it doesn't work like this. But if you invested one dollar in this movie, that's eleven thousand dollars that you would ultimately be entitled to. And that is just insane and that's 1976 money that's not 2020 money exactly and like i mean like this movie costed a billion dollars to make they had a hundred thousand dollars in producers fees and then they also spent 4.2 million on advertising so just it the sky was the limit they actually Absolutely spent more insane. on advertising than they did making the movie which is insane well you know what? if i had gone the first week and made five times the budget i would probably ramp up international advertising too you know what you're right you're right you're exactly right anyway so this was actually the highest grossing movie of 1976 and the second highest grossing film of 1977 behind... John, can you guess what little movie uh, probably topped the box office that year? Um, uh, Harry and the Partridge family. Uh, no, it's fucking Star Wars, Jonathan. Fuck. (laughs) You're gonna get better at this. You're gonna get better at this. As the podcast goes on, you're gonna get better at this. I know. I mean, if it's behind Star Wars, look, if it's Star Wars and then Rocky, I'm not mad. Yeah, and you shouldn't be. Like, that's, it's pretty good. Like, that's pretty good to be behind Star Wars. Star Wars, like, A New Hope is still one of the highest grossing films of all time okay and so this movie was uh released only released on rental for vhs in 1982 so you know like literally six years after the fact so this movie still came out in a time where home media still wasn't really a big thing Mm -hmm. but then it was released on a regular vhs on october 27th 1990 that's crazy to think that there was that big of a gap between the release of the movies because now it happens all in the same year like if you release a movie in the spring and it's not out on download streaming in blu-ray by the fall you're fucking up exactly that means it's not coming out which would be that's a what... huge shame because it's so easy now exactly like it to at least put it on streaming like you could put it up on amazon for a dollar right which this one actually was come to find out i've rented this on amazon prime for 99 cents which is pretty good yeah no it's, it's way good. better than the other ones and it's a way better movie than the other ones frankly like most of the shit that i rent on amazon prime is like okay and it's like 3.99 and i'm like that was a bummer and then i watched rocky for 99 cents i'm like i wish i could get four movies like this for the price of one of the other shitty ones exactly see and that's that's the other problem with your your question you poised to me earlier like ha- having to watch every single movie ever you know how many shitty movies you'd have to watch and how okay. much money you'd have to pay If we're, I was going to say, if we're flushing cost, I'm not even that mad because I love trauma, and if I can get into trauma, I feel like I can get into just about anything. Jesus. All right, so let's talk about some awards. So at the Academy Awards, Rocky won Best Picture, Best Editing, and Best Director. But it was also nominated for Best Actor for Stallone, but he lost to Peter Finch for Network, Uh, Best Actress for Shire, but she lost to Faye Dunaway for Network, (laughs) and then uh, Meredith and, uh, Burgess Meredith and, uh, Pete Young whatever the fuck his name is Paulie Paulie uh, for yeah. best supporting actor <laughs> for best supporting actor he lost to Jason Roberts for All the President's Men uh it lost best original screenplay to Network and it lost best original song to uh Evergreen from A Star Is Born and it lost best sound to All the President's Men okay so this is basically a similar situation we have with The Wizard of Oz where we have a really good movie with great notoriety and great like historical trajectories that loses a lot of in the moment awards to films that aren't necessarily as fondly remembered so like last episode we did wizard of oz wizard of oz is iconic everybody knows it except for me apparently and that was something that just became a part of the pop culture lexicon gone with the wind was also one of those movies but it didn't stand up to time as well as oz did in my opinion and in this case i don't know what the fuck network is so like when we take a movie like rocky and say that it's gonna lose to network on more than one award that kind of blows my mind a little bit yeah and it just really has to do with like you know things that the the culture holds on to are not always necessarily like you know what's considered like the best of that year right like you know rocky is like important to like our culture as a matter of fact it's actually in the national archives is it really yeah it actually is um so like it's important to our culture but you know maybe the academy just felt like network had better acting in it and you know like that's fine like i don't need a film to be like best picture best screenplay because sometimes i don't even like the movies that like they say are best picture like um what was that a couple years ago the whole moonlight uh la la land debacle like i was glad that moonlight won because i liked that movie so much more than La La Land I've never seen Moonlight but I have seen La La Land La La Land's okay it's alright it's It's fun it it wasn't my favorite movie it's an okay movie it's not a movie I would like probably go back to time and time again it's like one of the few movies or anything that made my wife interested in jazz and if anybody knows me you're like hey John you like jazz right and I'm like fuck off I love Jet. <laughs> oh, God. It's a good airplane movie. Like, you know, like, there's movies that are, like, really good to watch on an airplane. La La Land is one of those. Uh, okay, yeah, I see that. It would definitely be good airplane entertainment. Uh, I would rather watch Airplane on an airplane. <laughs> Even though it involves an airplane? I refuse to watch a movie that involves an airplane crash on an airplane. Okay, I feel like so that, I feel like that's just asking for shit. I'm gonna reveal a little bit about myself here on the podcast and that uh, my profession involves airplanes and working on airplanes, and I don't know how you're really concerned about like watching a movie about airplanes when i watch people do bullshit with planes every day and wonder how on earth is this allowed (laughs) i would ask you what but i don't want you to reveal too much right it is concerning it's concerning jesus christ so just never get on a plane anybody ever right and never think about the guy that had to work on that engine that might have gone out last night for a few too many drinks who might show up to work the next day and be like "Yeah, yeah yeah yeah, it's good and then go out in his car and sleep Don't they have beds for the pilots at the airport? I'm not talking about pilots. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. (laughs) Let's talk about the aftermath of this film so like the big bombastic impactful movie that it is it requires aftermath it requires aftermath like just so much shit happens with this movie after this like um like we said earlier it spawned seven sequels seven fucking sequels there's eight fucking movies in this franchise and i think a third like a ninth coming out wow that's crazy it's almost like it's star wars or something like they came out at the same time and they were almost as popular or something that's fucking crazy fucking crazy however i bet that star wars is never gonna get a stage musical although it is owned by disney so i wouldn't put it past them that's disgusting if you bring that up in my presence again even across this country i'll find a way to hurt you (laughs) (laughs) just send me a letter bomb i'll just i'll do whatever it takes i cannot believe that you introduced the idea of a disney backed star wars musical production dude it could happen though like you let this happen your your votes let this happen my votes did not let this happen i vote third party every time i'm probably voting for vermin supreme this year jesus um so uh, one of the major fallbacks of this movie was a chick wepner who kind of the story for the film is based on actually turned around and sued stallone after the movie came out for like you know likeness rights Okay, so the evolution of copyrights and how that stuff works is not my forte. But I'm going to go ahead and say that, like, maybe you shouldn't do that? Like, sue them or that Stallone shouldn't have written the story about him? Uh, some of both. I think that, uh... Uh, I mean, hmm, uh, I I don't even know. Now, I'm really conflicted now that you brought it up. Because, like, on the one hand, it is known that he based it on this guy. And on the other hand, he didn't use his name. He didn't even really use his likeness all too much. No, it, but still, at the same time, like, this story was just so similar that they they kind of had to um as a matter of fact like um fucking muhammad ali and sylvester stallone kind of poked fun at it at the academy awards and uh, muhammad ali said it was fine that he uh, based apollo on him wait okay so uh, muhammad ali was just chilling at the academy awards well he was a presenter along with stallone ah i see yeah 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 yeah. yeah i yeah, didn't yeah. think they just brought him in there to be like hey man if somebody stands up and says some bullshit you gotta run out of the wings and just <clears throat> just deck him right in the face right another big thing is that a statue of rocky is at the foot of the steps of the philadelphia museum of art huh so right next to those steps there's a statue of rocky and i've actually seen it it's pretty cool really so is it like a life size sylvester stallone he's like five yes. ten. so like mm-hmm. that also makes me wonder about like Mickey and about, uh, who was the other guy? Like, the training aide? Like, what was his name? I could literally never remember his name. It's, like, Mark? Or, like, Matt? Or something? Yeah, I don't remember his name either. He doesn't show up again. Oh, he, oh that's... Uh, no. He doesn't show up as an actor, but in the movie, he's there till the end. In the ring. Uh, like, Rocky is, like, six inches taller than this guy. He's like Mm -hmm. 5'4 max. I think they probably made Stallone look taller. Like, they do that a lot. Yeah, but uh, he's 5'10. How much taller does he need to be? I I don't know. I mean, like, I guess six foot, I don't, I really don't know what their purpose for that would be, but I mean, maybe they all were just really short. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so Sylvester Stallone is 5'10 and they boost him up to six feet and this other guy is like dwarfed by him. How tall is that guy? Well it's probably like a uh, like a trick shot. Like, they probably have Stallone closer to the camera than, like, you're actually supposed to think he is. It's in the ring, though. Like, how much can you hide in the ring? I mean, if you're in the corner, you could actually probably hide pretty well. Uh, See, this is just where my layman's perspective doesn't loan itself to being, like, really good at poking this stuff out. Like, how big is the statue? The statue is, uh, life-size. It's the same size as Stallone. Okay, so, like, 5'10", 5'11", max. Yes and so you know that's sitting there at philadelphia there was another one made and uh that's where we get into our weird shit category love it okay so there was another statue made and it was at the hall of champions which is a um it well it was a boxing like uh mvp like hall of fame kind of place and they uh-huh. had a statue of rocky there now that place went out of business in 2017 and um so they were auctioning off all the pieces and uh so it came time to sell the rocky statue and a mysterious bidder bought it for 403,657 dollars and asked it to be shipped to california it was and me no one was it you you oh, haven't no. even though you haven't seen the movie <laughs> You think I have $400,000 to spend on a statue of Rocky Balboa? Sure you do. Sure you do. Anyway, can you guess who the mysterious bidder was? I'm gonna go out on the and say, uh... Harry from Harry and the Partridge family? No. Um... First of all, absolutely no. There's no one in the Partridge family named Harry. But no, Sylvester no, Stallone- No, Harry's the Sasquatch. That's Harry and the Hendersons. Oh, same shit. It's, it's not. Anyway, Sylvester Stallone bought his own statue. You know what, man? I'm into it. I hope it stands in his garden next to his pool, and he can do his Italian stallion thing out there with a heavy bag just sitting in beautiful, polluted Beverly Hills, California. That's exactly where it is. He, um, he announced it on Instagram. Him, he was like, "Hey, look what I got!" And everyone was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> I mean, <laughs> come his on. own god co- He probably could have just asked for the statue back. I. Uh, but when you're Sylvester Stallone, come yeah, on. Yeah, you've got all that. You've got all that uh, Expendables money, right? So that'll about do it for Rocky. uh John. Now knowing a little bit about the production, do you have like an even better fascination with the film? I do. You know, just having known that Sylvester Stallone was the writer was an interesting foray into all. Of its information and knowing it all now I think that it's I, I don't know it's better somehow knowing that it's kind of wholesome that way where this was Sylvester Stallone's big break not just as an actor but he did writing and he did all this other stuff and it was kind of like his baby through it seems or it was kind of like that or it was enough like that to make me feel like it was all worthwhile. It's the, And it definitely was I mean like I think this movie is a great addition to the American lexicon like it's it's almost a modern day fairy tale in a way like it's, it's almost like it's a Cinderella story if you it kind of is. Yeah. No, I definitely see what you mean. He got the opportunity. He took the opportunity. He made the most of it. And even though he didn't win, he still won in everybody else's size. He had one shot, one opportunity. Are you doing an Eminem um, M&M thing right now? Mom spaghetti. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Mom's spaghetti and the pizza. Yes, perfect. Uh, is it Eminem Italian? It, it's what Italian Eminem. Um, I think Eminem is just trailer trash. I don't know if he's Italian or not. I doubt it. Oh my God, he's from Detroit. Do they have trailers in Detroit? They absolutely have trailers in Detroit. They have trailers everywhere, John. I'm just okay. So Detroit's probably another one of those places like Philadelphia and the. 70s and like I don't know everywhere else in films and cinemas. Like this is the way they wake up, like American city streets look, but it's just like the Warriors, another movie I haven't seen, but it looks like like the like the movie poster for the Warriors. You, you haven't seen the Warriors? Okay, we're definitely doing that on here. The Warriors, great movie. But we're gonna actually, have to do it. <laughs> Detroit and Philadelphia are kind of similar in a way and that they're always on fire. But at uh, Detroit's a little more uh sketchy. See you say on fire into someone who has lived in California for three years, like that means something else. Yeah, well see, whereas yours is natural causes. <laughs> this is uh people are setting shit yeah natural like pg and e just being irresponsible exactly but anyway before we get you know silenced by big media or big brother or the government uh i think we're gonna sign off for this week guys uh so for four-year inflammation i'm zach and i'm john go watch a new movie this guy weeks what fuck <laughs> Hey, you leave Nero alone. Little Caesars. Uh, wait, okay. No, 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 no. Okay, hang on, hang on. Little Caesar is the name of the guy on the pizza thing, right? Yeah. Don't they have a pizza called the Nero? Uh, a pizza place has a thing called the Nero. I don't i don't I'm know looking if it's Little Caesars. You're looking it up. Yep. Little Caesar. Caesars Pizza, yeah, Little Caesars, the Nero. Oh, wait, no, oh, there we go. Uh, yeah, the Nero. Little What's Nero's Nero? pizza. No, Little Nero's is a thing. Oh, okay. It's a I've different thing. Oh, no. Oh Man, here I was thinking I could have some kind of funny joke about how they have a pizza called the Nero, but it just got, like, knives as a topping. <laughs> I mean, you could still do that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just... <laughs> you could just pretend no one's gonna look it up edit point do not include this okay (laughs) failed joke stillborn joke